let's just um, just continue to pray. Also, uh, Lord, just Lord, I ask that um, in this moment, uh, in our first Sunday of of this year, uh, Lord, that you just your Spirit uh, would be speaking to us, uh, Lord, that the things that are on our minds, the things that are distracting us uh, from hearing from you and from listening to your sweet voice would just be removed. Lord, we pray that this be a special day, a day where you meet with us, a day and a morning where we are renewed in who you are and we are enlivened with what you have for us for this year. Lord, I pray that you speak to every single one of us this morning, that through your word and through this time and through time of reflection, that you would be revealing to us what your call is and what your will is for each and every one of our lives in 2020. And I pray that in your son Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. A new one's just begun. I wonder if uh, John Lennon thought that someone would use that as a sermon in <laughs> starter in 2020, a long time after it was written. But as I reflect on those lyrics, another year over, and what have we done? Uh, I'm reminded of two things. Number one, how fast time flies. Another year over. What have we done with it? Um, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like time is just getting faster and faster. And uh, as I, I talk to those who are, are more mature than me, when, when I say that to them, they say to me, you wait, it gets worse, right? Time is absolutely flying. In fact, uh, my wife reminded us this uh, week that the year 2050 seems like a long way away, doesn't it? But it's the same distance as 1990s from now. Whoa, wow. So you know, 1990, I remember that like it was yesterday, and yet that amount of time has passed. And so time absolutely flies by. But just what we've got one life to live though, don't we? And what do we do with our lives? What do we do with the years that we have that, that, that fly by? Um, and the second thought is a new one has just begun. And I think we all as human beings love the idea of fresh starts. We love the idea that, oh, that one's gone and, and now there's an opportunity for this next year to be different, for there to be a difference in our year. And I don't know what 2019 was like for you. It might have been a tough year. It might have been draining. Uh, it might have been a great year. But there's this sense of a new year, a newness that comes. And so uh, for all of our society, um, you know, there's this sense of, of something, something new that's going to happen. And so this was posted on our Facebook this week and I thought that just sums it up. <clears throat> for most people, 
the start of the new new year means the start of a diet. The start, I'm going to change. I'm going to do something uh, different uh, for myself. We love the idea of a new year's resolution, don't we? Um, this is, there we go. Uh, but uh, New Year's resolutions are, are an interesting thing because most of us laugh at them because we know that they don't ever get completed because they're, so they sort of start at the start of the year. And, and then, in fact, I, I did some research on this and it was a research in America, I know, but we can forgive that. And the research said that 80% of people that had New Year's resolutions by mid-February had failed to complete it or had stopped the thing that they'd... By, so that's one and a half months, 80% of people who do that. And then of the 20% remaining, only 8% of that 20% actually go on to, to actually do a whole New Year's resolution. <laughs> Crazy. And so we, we laugh at it. But, but there's a flip side to it, and that is... Unless you actually have a goal, you're not actually going to meet it anyway. So for those who don't have New Year's resolutions or a goal setting or, or, or what has God got for me for this year, those people aren't going to change at all anyway. At least those who try, that there's a sense of, of a chance of, of getting there. Goal setting is actually a good thing. And so as I was um, thinking about uh, passage of scripture to start the year off. You know, what, what should we be, be focusing on as we start 2020 and as we think about, uh, that God is a God of new things, uh, and that this is a new year? Um, you know, I thought of Isaiah 43, you know, God is up to a new thing. Or, or Lamentations, Joe said that this morning. His mercies are new every morning, new every morning. Or your grace is sufficient for me. Uh, or Ephesians chapter 4 where it talks about uh, taking off the old self and, and putting on the new self. Uh, all of these ideas came to mind, but I, but I settled um, on one particular passage of Scripture. And I want to unpack that this morning. Uh, and at the end of, uh, after I've, I've um, spoken this word, I actually want us to reflect on what is God actually saying to us. Uh, as I prayed at the start, I want us to have just an extended reflection time. And as we go through this morning's uh, word, and as you've been reflecting already, I want you to be thinking and listening to the Holy Spirit who is here and who is got a purpose and a will for your year. And it might be different from the year before, or you might be thinking... Um, you know, it, I haven't changed or, or nothing has changed. God is a God who desires more for you. And what is that, that thing that He is calling you to, that He is drawing you to? So, there was a news article this week, uh, Channel 10 News, and it actually did the top 10, um, the top 10, <laughs> There we go. Top 10 New Year's resolutions. And these, these are the top 10 in society. Actually doing a New Year's resolution was number one. <laughs> uh, 
actually fulfilling it. Number two was trying something new. Number three was eat more of my favorite foods. <laughs> I, like, I like that one. That one's going to last, isn't it? That doesn't really go with this next one. Lose weight and diet, which I thought would be number one. Goes with number five. Go to the gym. How many gym memberships start at the start of the year? Um, be, be happier. Uh, have a better mental health. Be a, um, be more healthy again with the diet. Be a better person. Just want to be a better person. Now this one is a sign of our times. Upgrade my technology. What a sad society we live in that they would, that you would prioritize the most important thing starting 2020 that you have to upgrade your technology. And number 10 was staying motivated. Now, as I looked at these top 10 resolutions for 2020, um, I was reflecting, I was thinking about it. You know, all of these things are to do with us. All of these things are to do with how to make myself better, how I can have a happier life, how I can change, how I can be different. And as I reflect about the Christian life and about being a follower of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus isn't about ourselves. It's actually about other people. It's about doing things in this world that have an effect and actually change other people and change the world around us. And in, in that, we, we change as well. But that should be our priority. It shouldn't be about what can I get for me, what can I do for me, how can I better myself, how can I... All those things are, are important. But our priority as Christ followers should be about how can I follow Jesus better? How can I love others better? How can I live as Jesus would want me to live? And my hope and my prayer is that we as a church community really, really delve into, really seek after, really go deeper for the things of God. That this year be a year where we really... Uh, are, are more devoted, are more prayerful, are more seeking Him in the Word. We are, we are more devoted. We are more just seeking after Him and His love for us. That that be our priority. That that be what we are, are striving for. And so, I've actually come up with my own top ten. And the way I've done this is I've thought, well. If that's true, what I just said, then I'm sure Jesus has had something to say about it. And of course, Jesus has. I've gone to the Gospels. I've gone to Jesus' own words. These aren't using the letters of Paul or other writers. This is just Jesus' own words. And it's Jesus' words to you and to me. Jesus' words to you and to me. These are his desires for you. For this year. Follow me. Jesus desires you to actually be following him. That that be a priority for this year. That you love the Lord with all your heart, mind and soul. That you deny yourself 
and take up your cross. It's not about you. It's about others. In fact, um, I was reminded of a John Maxwell talk at a leadership conference where he said, if you want to know the key to your best year yet, guaranteed your best year yet, follow this one rule. Every day, serve someone. Every day, serve someone. And you will have the best year yet. Love your enemies. Be persistent in prayer. Do unto others as that as you would have them do to you. These are Jesus' words to you. Forgive those who wrong you. Watch and pray. Feed my sheep. You know, Jesus longs for you to actually love others and speak into other people's lives and love one another. As I've loved you, you must love one another. Those are goals, those are resolutions, those are actually commandments that we as Christ followers should look to and that should be our priority as we start the year. And so I want to look at a passage from Philippians. It's it's a very um, well-known passage and we've preached on it before. But I want us to look at this in the light of starting a year, in the light of this being the first Sunday in 2020. Let's look at this passage and and gain from it and glean from it what Jesus might be saying to us as we yearn to do the right side of the screen. But let's read the passage. Let's read the passage first. Not that I have already obtained this, all of this, uh, Paul's, Paul here is talking. He's talking about um, all all that all that God has done for us, and that He is calling us into perfection. And not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me, brothers and sisters. I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly in Christ Jesus. So I just want to just unpack this passage for a second. The first thing I want to do is say, face the fact that you haven't made it yet. You're not perfect. In verse 12 and 13, Paul says, not that I have already obtained this, and I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So this is this is the Apostle Paul, uh, probably one of um, the greatest uh, disciples who just gave of his life for serving Christ, is writing to uh, the Philippians and to you and me to say, you know what, uh, even though all that I am and all that I've done I haven't yet made it. Now, I don't know about you, but that's 
terribly encouraging. <laughs> this is the Apostle Paul who, um, you know, was beaten, was thrown into jail, who was shipwrecked, who, who went and, and gave up of his, his career and his life to serve Jesus and to um, have all of these things go on in his life. Here he is saying, I haven't yet made it. You know, I'm, I'm not there yet. And if we all look at ourselves and reflect on our own lives, I think we would all say the same thing. We haven't made it yet. If we're honest and we look in deep inside ourselves, we go, yes, I'm not perfect. I haven't made it yet. But I think that's actually a good place to start because it then makes us think, well, there is more. Because I, I'm, I'm not perfect and yet I can see what God's got for me, but because I'm not there, there is desire in me to actually be all that God wants me to be. And so if you feel at the start of 2020, you're not perfect, it's a good place to start. If you identify with the Apostle Paul, it's because there's a deep, deep desire in you to actually be better. So first thing is let's face the fact and own it that we are not perfect. Second thing is even though we know that, we don't give up. We don't give up on becoming the person God is calling us to be. We press on. It could be very um, possible for us to be like a, a New Year's resolution person who year after year after year after year keeps doing the same thing and trying to change and trying to change. And at the end of it, they just go, well, I'm just me. That's just who I am. I'm just going to give up. There's no point trying. Paul doesn't go there. Paul says, even though I'm not perfect, even though I'm not all that I'm called to be, even though that's the case, I don't stay there. I press on. I, I'm, I'm not going to give up. There is more devotion. There is, there is more loving. There is more knowing Jesus. There is more pressing onwards. I'm not going to give up, but I'm going to make what God has for my life a reality. And the older I get, the more this is my desire. As I reflect on my own life, I think I just want more of God. And I just want to be more of the person God is calling me to be. And I know I'm not perfect. I know I have my failings. But that doesn't stop me from pressing on and going after the things of God. Third, Christ's redeeming work is your motivation to change. Notice in verse 12, he says, to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Now, I've got another translation there, the ESV, because I love the way it puts it. I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. The reason I press on, the reason I go after God, the reason I want to change, the reason I want 2020 to be different is because of what he has done for me. 
He has called me and made me his own. He's adopted me into his family. I am a child of God. I am holy and dearly loved. And because of that, and out of that, that be my motivation to go, oh, God, because you've done that for me, I desire to go after you and and to do this. And... In other words, the energy I use to pursue a more fully devoted life arises out of his activity in claiming me as his own. And, of course, this was Paul's um, experience. He was, he was this guy who was a Pharisee and he was, he was getting rid of Christians. He was killing them. And you could look at that and go, well, you know, that... that that sort of life can't be redeemed. And yet God appears to him and he calls him and he gives him a new identity and a new name. And he says, I've got a work for you to do. And he saves him. And because of that experience, because of that, that transformation of heart, Paul then is motivated to go tell others. And that's what we see him do. And if you follow Jesus, this is exactly your story. The Father has drawn you in. The Son has redeemed you and saved you and set you free. And the Spirit has given you new birth and a new hunger for the things of God. So if you want to change in 2020, if you want the new things of God, let the redeeming work of Christ be your motivation, not your own willpower. Because your own willpower will fail, just like New Year's resolutions fail. In fact, they say if you want a New Year's resolution to be accomplished, you actually need to get someone alongside you to be accountable. You actually need to, like, if you want to go to the gym, you need to actually get a personal trainer who's going to ring you up and force you to come and, and do it. Otherwise, if you're left to your own willpower, you stop. See, when we allow his redeeming work to be our motivation. It's him in us that motivates us and empowers us to change. Number four, don't let your past hinder your pursuit of a godly life. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Whatever you do, don't let your past years hinder you from moving forward into the things of God. I think one of the easiest ways for us to waste our life is to be hung up about stuff that has happened in the past, whether it be something that we've done, something that we regret, or something that someone has done to us that we can't forgive and that just binds us. Don't waste your life by allowing your past to dictate your future. Paul says, I press on and this is how I press on. I draw a line and I stand here and I refuse to look back at my past. I refuse to let what happened in the past define who I am or what is possible for me to do. So come to Jesus at the start of 2020 and say, Lord, just take all of I am, including my past, 
and even use my past to have your way and for your will, for my growth and for my advancement and the advancement of your kingdom. Because God can actually use the hard things of your past to actually help other people who are going through the same things. But don't waste your life turning around and looking at the things that have gone on and making that just stop you. Because what that does is, I mean, this is a metaphor for a race Paul's talking about here. If you're looking at the past, you don't move forward. You don't move into the things that God has for you. You're stuck. God doesn't want you to be stuck. He wants you to move forward. He wants you to grow. He wants you to develop. He wants you to go after the things of God. So don't let your past hinder your pursuit of a godly life. And number five, give your best. Don't do things half-baked. After drawing that line and not looking behind, he says he strains towards what is ahead. He leans forward. He presses on. He gives his maximum effort. And here we have the picture of a race. This is what he's talking about. And he's talking about a, a short race, like a 100-meter race. It's not a marathon where you can kind of get going and just cruise for a bit and maybe run hard at the end. You've got to go hard from the outset to win a 100-meter race. And this is the analogy that he has. So don't just be so-so about your pursuit of God. And I hope you hear me right here. Don't just do the same and expect the same results. But actually give your best to God. Actually Go hard and run. Exert your effort in the light of the ultimate prize. Not the weight loss prize or the technology prize or the whatever prize, but the ultimate prize. Allow that to be the thing that you focus on as you give your best and as you go after the things of God. Because you know what? How we live this life matters and this life does seem to be flashing past our eyes. And so we could easily, if we are doing things half-baked, go... I'll just wait till next year. I'll just wait till next year. I'll just wait till next year. And before you know it, 2050 is upon us. And we look at our lives and we go, we haven't changed a bit. Don't be half-baked by going, I'll wait till next year. I've got to be fully devoted now. I've got, I've got to be fully devoted in this minute, in this place, in this service. Right now, right from the start, I've got to, I've got to run with full exertion towards the goal. 
my life and how much of my future is ahead of me is dependent on on what I do with it. And I know some of you don't think I'm old, <laughs> but you know, I look at how much life I've lived and how much life I've got to live, and I want to make the most of what I've got left. I don't want to do things half-baked. I don't want to have another year that's the same as last year before. I don't want to be the same person that I was last year. I want to grow. I want to move forward. I want to go after the things that God has for me. I want the next 40 years to be better. And so with that in mind, number six, anticipate the future with joy and hope to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Allow the notion that the finished work of Christ has set me free, that 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 is assured and steadfast and that that is unshakable, that he has got me no matter what, no matter if I fail and, hey, even if my next year is the same as this year, it doesn't actually ultimately matter because he has called me and he's made me his own and he has got a future for me in an eternal life that is forever glorious and forever better than this life that I live here on this earth. And because of that, I can live the next however many years with joy and hope and that be my motivation, that that be um, how I choose to live. You know, in 2020, there are people who are uncertain and they're looking for something to put their hope in, something to make themselves feel better, which is why on the left side of that screen, those are the top 10 resolutions in our society. They're looking for something that's going to make them feel better. They're looking for certainty. They're looking for hope. We have that hope and we have that certainty. And because of that, we can live on the right side of the screen. When we live for Jesus, devoted to him, in step with the Spirit, full of joy and of hope, and knowing that our ultimate future is in Christ, then often the things on the left-hand side of the screen actually happen anyway. Have you ever noticed that? When you're actually who you are truly called to be, and truly living the devoted life, the things that we actually desire in ourselves are actually a natural byproduct. As the fruit of the Spirit becomes alive in us, there is joy and there's hope and there's peace, and and we are who we desire to be. So as you as you look at that that passage, and as we think about it as this, at the start of the year, I just want to recap. <coughs> Face the fact that you haven't made it and that you've not lived as you want to live. But at the same time, don't let that just be your end point. Don't give up on being the person that God is calling you to be and energise your pursuit. Be motivated by the finished work of Jesus. Don't let your past hinder your Christ-centred life and extend your maximum effort in the light of the ultimate prize as you anticipate the future with joy and hope. May that be a good way to start your 2020. I just want to read to you from the message version of that particular passage. 
as I just pray that this be a blessing to you. I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I've made it. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wonderfully reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this. But I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onwards to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. May that be your prayer for the start of this year, that God is beckoning you onward to Jesus into a deeper, more full-on devotion to him, and that you get off and start running, not turning back, because he is so wonderful reached out for you. So as we reflect on this, what is God saying to you this morning? See, God is about doing new things. God is a God of more. God has more for your life. What you have now is not it. There is more. There is more. There is more. There is more. What is it that he is calling you to? Not a resolution that starts and stops, but what is the day by day, moment by moment, drawing closer and deeper in devotion to him because of all that he's done for your life? What is his will for you? Not your own thoughts. Because we can all come up with our own ideas. I want us just to reflect in a moment. What is God's will for your 2020? Would you be open to him speaking to you this morning about what it looks like for you in your own personal pursuit of him? What is his will for your life? There's this great passage in James. It says, now listen, You who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why do you even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so that's what I want us to do this morning, to actually be asking, Lord, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my 2020. Is it, is it that I'm going to up my Bible reading? Is it that I'm going to actually make an effort to daily read his word and not just rely on coming on a Sunday to hear his word? Am I going to get involved in a small group? Is there an area in church ministry that I can serve in? Do I need to be more active in my workplace in promoting who Jesus is? Do I need to up my prayer life? What is it that Jesus wants for your 2020? Because I could suggest some things, and it's not about what I suggest. I mean, I could say, well, you need to forgive more, or you need to serve more, or you need to give more. <laughs> you know, I could come up with some, some good ones for you, but that's not what it's about right now. I want you to just reflect and focus 
as we just play these next few songs, really ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you about what it means for a deeper and more devoted following of him this year. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we begin this year, we thank you that our desire to pursue you comes out of your pursuing of us. And that as we've reflected on even that video that we watched this morning of your greatness and how wonderful you are, Lord, we're aware that we are not perfect. We are aware that there is a desire, though, to change, a desire to be different. Lord, right now, I invite your spirit to just come and speak to every single one of us, that you would give us something that we can take hold of for 2020, that we know is from you, that is your will and your desire for our life. Would you come now and speak and make it plain to each and every one of us as we desire to not let the past hinder us from moving forward, to pressing on, to striving towards the goal, the ultimate prize, that is Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen.